And I know what you guys are already thinking. What in the world has he got in the bag this time? <laughs> you guys know that I'm visual. I'm a visual learner. And so I love to use visuals to illustrate points. So I'm going to keep this right here. Before I get started, I'd love to give you an update on a van tail. But I do know that Larry Moyer, our founder and CEO, was here, what, a month ago, five weeks ago. Wanda Foskey, who is our Director of Development, came at that time and gave you a comprehensive um, view, a comprehensive update. But today I want to give you just a short update in visual form. I want to show you one of the new tools that we've come out with um, that will accomplish at least three things. One, it'll show you the heartbeat of our ministry, and that's evangelism. Um, two, it will give you um, an illustration of the direction we're headed with digital resources, uh, clear, simple, visual that people can access on their computers or on their phones. And then third, as you're watching the video, God may bring to mind someone in your life that may need to hear that message, either directly from you or watching the video. So I want you to prayerfully think about that as you're watching the video. Um, we may want to kill some of the lights, but we are ready to roll. I turned off. Okay. This is actually a good illustration of the lesson today. You never know what might happen. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think, I think uh, we want to keep people here, not drive them away. <laughs> and if I started singing, I might drive some people away. Oh, okay. And can you go full screen mode? Okay, perfect. There we go. <laughs> All right, looks like we're ready. Do we have sound? I, I may be. I may be. You know what? Just pull the plug. Just pull the plug. The point. The. No, I'm good on time. I just. I didn't know how, if this would work or not. So, let's give them a couple more minutes. If it doesn't work, that's fine. I'm so sorry. No, that's fine. Um, I, I think what we could do, if you guys don't mind, um, I haven't gotten permission for this, but if you could send the link out, if you guys send an email out, that way everybody could get it, you could see what's going on, um, that would be great. But the point is, this is a video just clearly and simply sharing the gospel. And um, I was hoping you could see it, but maybe you could see it in the link in the email. Uh, the, the key about this video is it's kind of the new direction we're headed. And the awesome part about this video is it's very easy to change the text, change the voiceover to get it in other languages. Spanish, we're going to have ready in a month. And we're going to go with Chinese, Burmese. I mean, we're already in 60 languages in print. And our hope is to go 60 languages or more with the video. 
So uh, prayers appreciated for that. We can do it as funds allow. And hopefully we can get it maybe sent out as a link in the email if they send out an email every week from the class. Yeah, David, uh, actually I did include it in this week's email. Okay, perfect. Well, so click on that. And under the David Salud today will be teaching us, uh, there should be a link in there to the YouTube video. Just kind of put up with the ads, but you'll get it. Absolutely. And... Um, and it's not just the video for you to watch. If you think of somebody in your life that may, you may want to send it to and say, hey, tell me what you think about this. I mean, it's a great way to share the gospel. And then it's not just a standalone. It's, hey, what did you think about that video? And uh, I, th I think you'll like it when you see it. But anyway, let's get to the lesson. And this is a great illustration in how to navigate change because you never know what might happen. And that's the title of today's lesson, How to Navigate Change. Well, um, if you don't already know, fall has arrived. And actually, fall arrived at Walmart about August 1st. It, there's just something that's not right when it's 100 degrees outside and you go into Walmart and you're seeing stuff for Halloween and Thanksgiving. But they had it out there. So, you know, fall has arrived and new seasons bring change. Uh, we see the change in the trees. I mean, not yet, but it's coming up. It's one of the things that makes me miss Tennessee is because Tennessee, just beautiful fall colors. Change in the trees, change in the weather. Hopefully we'll have some cooler weather coming. And in Texas, you never know if fall temperatures are going to last two months, two weeks, or two days. <laughs> and then finally, we've got a change in time coming up. We've got a time change coming up as well. That's good news for you early birds because you have light in the morning. Bad news for you night owls have less light at night. I wish they would just leave the time where it is. I really do. Uh, this, we're actually on the good end because you get an extra hour sleep. But new seasons bring change around us, and they bring change to us too. We change what we wear to adjust to the cooler temperatures. We change, uh, we change how we decorate. You know, there's a reason we don't keep our Christmas lights on our house all year long. And, you know, it's time to pack up. It's time to bring new stuff out. And then um, it also changes kind of what we watch, because at 12 o'clock today, the Dallas Cowboys are going to be playing, and uh, I know some of you are going to be watching that, and I'm just hoping that they have a football team that's worthy of watching this year. It's yet to be determined. So, so change all around us with the new season, we change, we change too an adjustment, but just as we go through change on the calendar... We go through changes in our seasons of life. Seasons of life bring change. And, I, and the verse there on your sheet really says it all. Ecclesiastes 3.1. For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. And so each new season of life brings change. But here's the problem. The problem is we tend to not like change. Many of us don't like change. We're change resistant. We're like, ugh. You know, um, there's a saying that goes, everybody wants change until it's time to change. Then nobody wants change. And some of us view change kind of like this hammer, this mallet, 
when it comes at us, we, 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 we gear up because we think it's going to be painful and it's going to hurt. But what I want you to say, and this is the big idea for the lesson today, is that change is a tool that the Lord uses to accomplish his purposes. Change is a tool that the Lord uses to accomplish his purposes. And go ahead and fill in the blanks, tool and purposes. And here's what I mean. You've got the same hammer, but if you put this hammer together with a chisel in the hands of a sculptor, he uses it to conform the image of stone into something beautiful, into something that he has in mind. And in the same way, God uses, sometimes uses change in our world and in our lives to create and to do something that actually in the long run will be beautiful and will be, will be the, it will produce what God has in mind. So change is a tool. We view it as painful, but often change is used by the Lord. Now we see this globally there in uh, Daniel 2.20, the verse right there underneath, where it says, Praise the name of God forever and ever, for he has all wisdom and power. He controls the course of world events. <laughs> he removes kings and sets up other kings. So we see God using change to control the events in the world. And you know what? In this time of chaos, in this time of uncertainty, in this time of what is going on, it's great to know we have a sovereign God who has everything in his hands, including us. And we can trust him. We may not understand it all. We may not like it all, but we can trust that God has it. He's got us and he's got the world in his grip. So we see that globally, but we also see that personally, how God uses change to make us more like Christ. Uh, Romans 8.28 is one of my favorite verses. Paul says, and we know that God causes everything, say that with me, everything, including change, to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them, that even, that even the changes that we have no control over that come our way, we can be confident that God is in control and he is using those changes for our good to make us more like Christ. So this is going to be a very quick lesson today. I've used a variety of scriptures because I want you to see that this is a theme throughout scripture. We're going to do two things. First of all, we're going to look and see how God uses change in our lives. And then we're going to say, then we're going to cover on the back, how in the world do you navigate changes when change comes your way? How do you navigate it? All right? And then we'll be done. So let's start. How does God use change in our lives there on page one? Point number one, God uses change to strengthen your faith, and to make you more like Jesus. God uses change to strengthen your faith, and just as a sculptor, make you more like Jesus. Look at the verse. Dear brothers and sister, sisters, this is right out of James, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it as an opportunity for great joy. 
For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. And that word troubles there at the top, it means trials or pressures. And of any kind means even including things that you didn't see coming in your life, changes that are coming your way that you didn't see coming and that you can't control. Um, God still uses those to strengthen your faith and make you more like Jesus. You know, change is hard, and one of the reasons it's hard is because many times change gets us out of our comfort zone. We get in our patterns. We get in our routines. And, all, and sometimes when change comes, it gets us out of those patterns and out of those routines. It gets us out of our comfort zone. But you know what? Here's the deal. Sometimes when we are out of our comfort zone it are the times that we are most teachable and we're most willing to listen and we're, and we're most adaptable. Check it out. Um, look at throughout Scripture. I, I, I did a survey of the names of God that were given to him throughout the Old Testament. And I noticed that many of these names were given to God during times of change, during times when the person themselves were out of the comfort zone. The first one I think of is Abraham. And you remember Abraham, he received the promise of Isaac. He got Isaac. What did God ask Abraham to do with Isaac? Do you remember? To sacrifice him. You're talking about a change, a curveball in your life. So Abraham goes, um, Isaac's there, he's ready, he's, re- he's in motion, and God says, no, do not. Then Abraham heard a, 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 something in the thicket, a ram was caught in the thicket, he brought the ram and sacrificed the ram after God said, do not sacrifice your son. And you know why Abraham called God at that point? Jehovah Jireh, God the provider, God will provide. Now, God had provided for Abraham all the way up into that point, but it took getting Abraham really out of his comfort zone that the message really hit home. God loves me, God's got me, and God will provide. Um, think of Hagar uh, when she was banished from uh, Abraham's house. She was the maidservant. And you know this, many of you know the story about when Sarah and Abraham, they couldn't have kids. Sarah says, here's my maidservant. She became pregnant, gave birth, and then Sarah got mad, threw her out. And here's Abraham with her young son alone, had nowhere to go, didn't know what to do, way out of their comfort zone. But God spoke to Hagar in the midst of that and and comforted her and provided for her. Do you know what she named the Lord? You are El Roy, the God who sees me. And it was in the midst of her being out of her comfort zone in those hard circumstances that she learned that. I think of Moses and the name Jehovah Nisi, which means the Lord is our banner. And Moses named the Lord that gave the God that name the first time the Israelites were attacked. They were attacked by the Amalekites. You remember the story. Moses went up on the mountain when he held his hands up. What happened? They were winning. When he put them down, they were losing. And they ultimately won the battle because two of Moses' friends um, held his hands up, and they won. And, and Moses said, the Lord is my banner, Jehovah Nisi. He goes before us. He represents us, and he fights our battles. And then finally, I think of Gideon, who named the Lord Jehovah 
Shalom, the Lord is my peace. And it came when God got Gideon way out of his comfort zone. You remember Gideon? He was like, he said, you're a mighty warrior and I want you to lead Israel. And Gideon was like, I can't do this. And he said, all right, Lord, if this is true, make the fleece wet, the floor dry. It happened. Then he said, make the floor wet and the fleece dry. And he happens. But then he learned more about the Lord out of his comfort zone. And uh, he gave the Lord the name Jehovah Shalom. So what happens is, you know, those names were not just for that time. They used those names for God into the future. Because as they went in the future and change came their way, they could rely on what God had done in the past in order to move forward in the future. And I think when God called me to come to Dallas Seminary and I had to uproot my family to come to Dallas and get a new job in Dallas and and a new neighborhood and a new um, school for my daughters, that was way out of my comfort zone. But I learned so much about the Lord during that time of change and how he provided. And I could tell you story after story of how God provided what God taught me so that when I was done at Dallas Seminary, I not only had a classroom education, I had another education that didn't have anything to do with the classroom that I learned from the Lord about how to walk by faith in my life and trust in him. And he did that through change and getting me out of my comfort zone. So he often does that and uses change to strengthen our faith and make us more like Jesus. Number two, God will use change in our life to bring you or bring me back into alignment with him. Write the word alignment there in number two, to bring us back into alignment. Hebrews 12.10 says, God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. And what I mean by alignment is just being in sync with God, being on the same page with God. A, a, A military squad needs to be in alignment. Everybody on the same page, everybody working together as a team, they need to be aligned goodness, the Dallas Cowboys, I sure hope they're in alignment this afternoon. And they're all on the same page, running like a fine-tuned machine. On your car, it's important that your wheels are all in alignment, going in the same direction for the benefit of the car. And we need to be in sync and in alignment uh, with God in the Holy Spirit as we go throughout our day. But sometimes in our lives, we get out of alignment. We want to do our own thing. We want to go against the will of God. And, 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 and sometimes we get out of alignment. Um, and I think back to, and, there, and God will sometimes have to send change our way to do that. Sometimes we get out of alignment and we'll hear a message from Pastor Chuck Swindoll or we'll hear something and, and, it'll, and it'll address how we're out of alignment. And sometimes we just ignore it, and we keep being out of alignment. And God has to send, change our way to get our attention so we get back in alignment. Now, how does this work through Scripture? Uh, Think of Jonah. You remember what happened with Jonah? God said, go to Nineveh and preach. And what did Jonah do? He ran the other way. They weren't in alignment. What did God do to get his attention? He changed his circumstances in a radical way so that finally Jonah got back into alignment. Um, I think of Samson. 
I don't, you know, it's hard to find even one place where Samson was in alignment. But, evident, but finally, he got his hair cut, and God changed his circumstances. He was blind. They made him a slave. Finally, he got back in the alignment at the very end of his life and was useful to God and his purposes. You know, I think of Naomi, who got way out of alignment by moving to Moab during the, the famine. And if you read the story of Ruth, it's a beautiful picture of how God brought her back home. Um, and then finally, man, I can really identify with this guy, Jacob, and how, you know, he was the, 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 the promised one, but yet he was way out of alignment. He was a trickster. He was a deceiver. And God had to send him over to old Uncle Laban for decades of lessons that helped conform Jacob and, and the change that was brought to bring him more into alignment with God. And I think that culminated the night Jacob was going to come home. He knew, he, he thought Esau was going to kill him. And you remember what happened? He had the wrestling match with the angel. And the angel wound up, letting him go, but he struck his hip so that he walked with a limp from then on. And from then on, Jacob was more in alignment with the Lord. But God had to get his hip out of alignment uh, to get him back into alignment. And the things that Jacob that happened to Jacob were to make him more like Christ, ultimately, and to bring him back into alignment with God. Now, sometimes God does that with us. He, he, he's trying to get our attention. We ignore it. And then he has to bring circumstances to radically get our attention, to make corrections in our life. And you may say, man, that sounds like punishment. It's not punishment. It is his grace that he's doing that because it's for your ultimate good. So God, so far we've talked about two things. God uses change to strengthen our faith and make us more like Jesus. He brings change sometimes to get us back into alignment. And finally, number three, he uses change sometimes to bring us, to bring you to a new assignment or to prepare you for one. He'll use change to bring you to a new assignment or prepare you for a new assignment. I love Genesis 50, 20, where Joseph says to his brothers, after they sold them into slavery, um, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. You remember Joseph? He had those dreams. And he told his brothers the dreams. You know, you guys are going to bow to me, da-da-da-da. But little did Joseph know what was in store for him and the radical changes that were going to occur. Very hard changes in order to move him to the assignment God had for him, ultimately to be the prime minister, God's man in Egypt, the most powerful nation of the world, during a time of great crisis, a famine. God used change to not only get him to that position, but to prepare him for that position. His time in Potiphar's house was not wasted. It was to prepare him, prepare his character, prepare his trust in the Lord. Even when he got thrown in jail by false accusation that he was trying to hit on Potiphar's wife, that was still of the Lord. And God used it mightily to prepare him and have him in the right place at the right time, for when Pharaoh had the dream, guess what? Joseph was already in the house. 
And, and God immediately promoted him, and he was right there. So God uh, can use it to bring us to a new assignment. And sometimes when God brings change to get us to a new assignment, do you know what will happen? He'll start to dry up the old assignment. He'll start to dry up the old assignment. And I think of the prophet Elijah. You remember Elijah? God said, go and hide by the river Cherith, and the ravens will feed you. So Elijah goes. The ravens are feeding him. It's pretty cool. He's drinking out of that river, and he stays there a long time. But guess what happened next? The river dried up. Oh, my gosh, Lord, the river's drying up. Change is coming. What's going on? Well, then God said, I want you to go and stay with the widow over in this other section. The river dried up. Why? Because it had a purpose to let him know change was coming, and he needed to change as well and be prepared. And there's some things in our life that come in seasons, I mean, sometimes it's a new season, but sometimes we're at the tail end of a season, and we'll see things start to dry up a little bit. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's something that was going on, and you think, man, this stuff's going away. What am I going to do? Perhaps God is preparing you for a move. Perhaps God is preparing you for a change. Perhaps God is preparing you for a new assignment. So three things to strengthen our faith. He uses change to strengthen our faith, make us more like Jesus, to bring us back into alignment, and to bring us to a new assignment. Flip on the back. What do we do when change comes our way? How do we navigate it when change comes our way? Number one, remember that you are a small part of a bigger picture. You are a small part of a bigger picture. The Lord said in Isaiah 55, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. Now what happens is we only see life from our perspective, what we can see, what we can think, what we experience. But really our perspective is a very small perspective. If you think of our community, our nation, our world, and the Lord. And let me give an example here. And I hesitated on using these, but I'm going to go ahead and use them. How many of you guys like math? Well, let me give you an equation. And for those of you who hate math, I'm going to break it down at the end. So here's my little little equation of how we see things sometimes, particularly as we get older. Because I'm right there with you. The older I get, the more when ch- I change happens, I'm like, ugh. You know, there was a grocery store I stopped going to for about three months. I went back, and do you know what they did at that grocery store in my absence? They moved everything around. <laughs> I was like, what is going on here? And, you know, I'm noticing the older I get, the more sensitive I am to change. But here's what happens if we're not careful. The older we get, our formula looks like this. Consistent circumstances, um, no surprises. We want consistent circumstances plus a familiar routine. A familiar routine. We don't want any interruptions. We want, we want to plan our day and then go about our day. And I know this isn't everybody, but this is a lot of us. Consistent circumstances plus familiar routine. And here's one I really hesitated on. It doesn't apply to everybody, but it may apply to you. My perception of control. I want to control 
things in my life. I don't want anything unexpected. You know what all this equals? That's a smiley emoji, me being a happy camper. I'm happy. Consistent circumstances, familiar routine, my perception too, I'm happy. But here's what happens. Here's what happens when change comes. When change enters that equation. Change. Uh-oh, circumstances are changed. This is throwing off my routine. Control. I'm not able to control. The changes are coming. Guess what happens sometimes? Look at these emojis. You got the frowny face. You got the tears, weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then some of us just get right, right out angry and ornery because things are changing. So there's a couple of things. I hope you got that, but here's what we need to know. This is kind of our equation, but let me show you God's. And you're not going to be able to see this, but I'm going to explain it to you. It's best on a PowerPoint. This is God's equation, okay? And for those of you who can't see it, you, you, got, some, you got some calculus going on over here. You got some trigonometry going on over here. You got some physics. I think M equals MC squared is in here. You, you've got this huge equation and it's really even bigger than this i can't wait to take mathematics in heaven and see god's math um look at this and and see that little dot right there that's you that's you and me right there look how big this thing is and what we need to realize is you know we can get so set on the way we see things and then we change it, it comes our way, we get upset, but we need to realize that this is a dynamic equation. Change is always going on in us, in the lives of the people we know, in the world. This is the Lord, this is the Lord right here. And, and there, so with that said, let me give you two more things to add to this equation when change comes. Faith and flexibility. Faith and flexibility. I say faith because... When things are going on, and we don't know why, and we, and, and, and we can't control them, and things are going on, we need to have faith and trust in the Lord that He knows what's going on, and we can trust Him even at the times that change is coming, and we don't know why, and things feel out of control. God is in control, and I have faith in that. And the second is flexibility. I need to be flexible to adapt to what God is doing. I need to be flexible. Someone said... Blessed are the flexible, because they'll never get bent out of shape. <laughs> and it's true. We need to be flex. We need to have faith and trust in the Lord, and we need to be flexible. And that leads us to number two: be flexible, knowing that change is a natural part of following Jesus. F- right, following Jesus in their change is a natural part of following Jesus. It was that way right from the get-go when he called his first disciples. Matthew 4.19, Jesus called out to them and said, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And what they do? They left their nets at once and followed him. They got a new assignment. And we need to remember that as his disciples, there are three things that bring change. Number one, we're actually following Christ and when you're following somebody, you're not going to stay where you are all the time. You got to follow. You got to move. When God's doing something over here and He wants you involved, change needs to happen. The second is when you're following Jesus, He makes changes in us. 
He makes us more like Him. He adds things to our life. Uh, thank you. That need to ha- that we need patience, kindness, goodness. We became we become more and more like Jesus. And sometimes to get us to do that, in order to bring change on the inside or in our hearts, God will change our circumstances. And he'll do that to make us more like Jesus after, um, just like we mentioned a minute ago. So the nature of following will bring change, the fact that he changes us. And then finally, if we're going to be fishers of people, of men and women, we need to be willing to adapt and go where they are, not expect them to adapt to come where we are. They don't know the Lord. They need the message from us. So change is a part of being a disciple, someone who carries the gospel to people. We need to learn to adapt, not our, not what we know is right before the Lord, but we need to adapt so that we can reach them. Change is a part of following Jesus, and we need to be flexible. As someone told me early in ministry, be flexible as an old shoe. Um, and that's what I've, I've strove to be over the years. Number three, number three, and this is a biggie, Take comfort in what won't change. Take comfort in what won't change. Um, Notice the words there in Deuteronomy. Moses said, Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will never leave you, fail you, or abandon you. And this is when they were right on the border of the promised land, getting ready for some major change going into these la- this land. New place that they had never been before, fighting these people that they had never experienced before. But Moses said, hey, there's a constant in here. The Lord will go ahead of you, and he will never fail you or abandon you. And if you're going through change now, or you're, you're, everybody's going to go through change in the future, you need to remember what doesn't change Uh, The fact that God's love never changes. The fact that God's provision never changes. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Um, His provision. And then his presence. That David says in that same psalm, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? (laughs) For thou art with me, and your rod and your staff They comfort me. So if you're going through change, if you're going through stuff you can't control, take refuge in what you know is constant. The Lord's love, the Lord's provision, and the Lord is with you through ever, uh, wherever you go. And he's got you. Number four. This is a big, this is another, I'm saying all these are biggies because I'm passionate about them. But I love this one because of the illustration I'm going to bring out. I hope it works. And by the way, this is fresh out of the garden. Um, I've not taught this before. I, I believe God gave me this for this class. So just, just to let you know. So I'm ho- these illustrations, as I bring them out, I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope this works. Number four, don't dwell on the past. Mm. Don't dwell on the past. Ecclesiastes 7.10, don't long for the good old days. This is not wise. Be very careful here. Be very careful about going back to the way you've always done things or pining for the past or thinking about the past. And let me show you why it's not wise. 
All right, here we go. Everybody know what this is? Yeah, it's an hourglass. What's it do? It helps us to keep time. All right, take a look at this. This up here is what's yet to happen. This down here is what already happened. This is the past. And this right here is what's happening now as sand passes through. And what happens? If you get too focused on the past, what has already happened, do you know what happens? You miss out on the present. And that's really, really not good because you miss out on what God's doing now. Oh, it's great to have memories. It's great to, to have fun times and reminisce. But don't get stuck on the past. Um, but keep your eyes on now, Lord, now, because you're not guaranteed another day. For each of us, I don't know how much sand is left in this. We need to be focused on the now, not get caught up in the past. There's applications here that go beyond this lesson, whether it's, it's a heartache you had in the past, whether it's a bitterness you had from the past. Don't get hung up on the past. Keep your eyes on the Lord and what's happening now. Be very careful with that. Um, and by the way, when you have a new opportunity and you're like, man, or something happens and it's like, man, we've never done it this way before. Remember, sometimes old keys don't unlock new doors and we need to do things differently. And so I hope this worked. Hope you guys see this, but uh, don't dwell on the past. Be very careful with that. Number five, um, Focus more, when change occurs, focus more on the opportunities than the problems. Focus more on the opportunities than the problems. And if you like alliteration and want to use P's, you could say possibilities and problems, but I just threw in opportunities. Focus on the opportunities than the problems. Um, Philippians 1.12 is a verse Paul wrote from jail, from prison, Change in circumstances, he says, and I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. And he said that because people think, oh my gosh, Paul, the evangelist, is in prison. What's going to happen with the move of the gospel? And Paul says, hey, this isn't an accident. This is actually in the Lord's will. And the good news is being spread to the guards that are here, to the prominent people I'm coming in contact with while I'm on house arrest, with all the other believers outside of the prison who are looking at my example and my attitude, and they're inspired to go and share the gospel. Paul says, even though I'm in prison, God is using it for good. And whenever change comes our way, we need to look at the possibilities and the opportunities. So for some of you, some of you have had to pick up a new job or a side hustle to make ends meet. You've had to go to work at, at, at a store or other things just to supplement your income. For some of you, you've had to move where you live. You've had to move to a new location. And I know there's, there, there's challenges with that. I know it, it, it really gets us out of our comfort zone. But perhaps God allowed that to happen, whether it's a new job or a new place to live. That's your new mission field. And you need to pray, Lord, I'm at this new place. Open my eyes to the possibilities and open my eyes to what you, the assignments that you have for me in this new place. Rather, on, rather than fixating on, oh, woe is me, and I, and I know change is hard, and I hate to move myself. We moved offices a year and a half ago. Oh, my gosh, it was hard. You're talking about something that's a beating. 
But we need to say wherever God has us, even though we, it may be something that we can't control, God may have brought you there, probably brought you there for a reason. And, and you need to pray, God, what do you want me to do in this place with these people for such a time as this? Okay? And finally, I want to end with number six. Number six, embrace that you are never too old for God-ordained change. You are never too old for God-ordained change. There's some things I know you want to keep consistent in your life, and, and no, I have no problem with that whatsoever. In fact, there's things in my life I like to keep consistent. I like to, but when God brings the change and it's God-ordained, we need to be flexible. We need to be ready. Notice what Psalm 92 says, and I, I, this is my prayer for everybody in here. Notice what it says. But the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon. For they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of our God. Notice this. Even in old age, they will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. Tender, fresh, even in what the Bible says, old age. In other words, as you age, don't dry up. Don't petrify. Um, remain tender, flexible, sensitive to the Lord's leading. There's some things that I have that are really old, but I love them. This baseball, softball glove is one of them. I've had it since I was 15. And do you know why I love it? It's flexible, it's moldable, it's custom fit for my hand. It's reliable, it's got a great track record. Hey, if I'm going to play ball, I'm bringing this glove. We need to be like this glove as we age. Flexible useful to the Lord, or His go-to person in whatever situation you are, man. I don't want, you know, I could have laid it on the shelf, not, not oiled it or anything, and it would have grown dry and brittle over the years. I want to take care of this thing. Even though it's old, it's useful to me. Man, that's the way I want to be with God. Tender, flexible, even and always sensitive to the leaning of the Lord. And when God brings change, yeah, it may hurt some, but I'm going with it because like that big map, God knows best and he's got it under control. This is the way I want to be. Now remember, the big idea here, and I'm going to tie this together. Change is a tool that the Lord uses to accomplish his purposes. And man, I want to be, I want to be right there with him. And final thoughts, remember, as a part of that, as this is at the bottom, as the winds of change come your way, Never stop learning, never stop growing, and never, ever stop serving. Never stop learning. Hey, I don't know it all. I, I'm learning every day something about me, something about my world. Hey, man, something about God. You may have a new name for God, just like these characters do. Never stop growing. Anybody in here just like Jesus? No, probably not. And if you say you're not, you're really not, because you don't get it. We're, all, we're continuing to conform to his image, even in the later years of life. And finally, never stop serving. You may have retired from your job, but you never retire from serving the Lord. And, you know, you need to be focused on that. And, and, and I think of the, of, of the story... There's a story that's out, out of Switzerland, and, and it was this famous mountain climber. 
and he loved to climb mountains. And as he aged, he wasn't able to climb as much as he could, but he still would go out and climb. And, and even into his 80s, he was still climbing mountains. Well, on one of the times that he went out, the village got word that he had actually passed away. He had a heart attack during the climb and, and had died. And do you know what they put on his tombstone? <laughs> he died still climbing. He died still climbing. And my prayer for you today is that when you graduate, when you pass on and see the Lord face to face, it can be said of you up until the end that you were still learning, that you were still growing, and that you uh, never stopped serving. And I want this to be my testimony as well, because I know when I graduate, whenever God either returns for his church or takes me home, I know I'm going to be seeing Jesus face to face. And you know what? That's the way I want to enter his presence. Still learning, still growing, and and still serving. And I know change is hard. A a term I learned from Mary Margaret, we all have a, a certain amount of chaos tolerance. We can only tolerate so much change or so much chaos. And I know it's hard, but remember, God is a dynamic God, constantly changing, and and we want to be like that glove, sensitive, tender, flexible, to be able to be his person in that place. And that's my prayer for you as well. Amen? Amen. All right, let's close in prayer. Father, thank you for every precious person in this room. And God, you know, we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and you've given us a vast array of personalities, giftings, experiences that we take into this world. And God, I just pray uh, for every person here uh, that you would open their eyes to the opportunities right where they are, whether they've been the same place for a long time or that they're going through change now. And I pray just for peace that if they've been through change or they're going through change, or and certainly we're all facing change in the future, uh, that you would just draw us close to yourself, that our faith in you would be rock solid, knowing that you never change, and your love for us never changes, and your presence with us never changes, and that you go through us as go through life as our banner, and you go before us, paving the way for us, even when we face things that we have no control over whatsoever. We know that you are in control of all things. Thank you for this class. I pray that we continue to do great things through the class and each person here, Lord, and we pray that you would get the glory for it all. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.